Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Fiction, science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime. LGBT Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. FM Los 102.3 FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. We have some great guests for a show that I've caught here and now it's airing here and it's Haunting Australia. And tonight part of the team that's joining us is uh, Alan Tiller and Aurelian Cable. And uh, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, good to have you here. It's it was really exciting when I came across your show. Um, I liked it so much. You have to say love that I I just well, I had to get in contact with you. I I think that same night I had to get in contact and say, well, I I need to talk to these people. This is awesome. So uh, good job, guys. Thank you very much for doing what you do. Oh, thank you for watching. Oh, I, I'm, I'm told you, I'm DV, I've got it on DV, or, or recording now, man. I'm not, I'm not going to miss any of it. It's uh, <laughs> it's great. Now, now myself, I, I've been in the business for a while, and um, but you know we're up in Canada here, and uh, and uh, most of the team I haven't really had uh, any introduction to. So let's let's start with. Uh, Raylene Cable, ladies first, and uh, let's um, tell me a little bit about yourself, like where you got started and uh, how you got into what you're doing. Well, I've been a medium now for over um, 30 years, darling, so um, being a medium clairvoyant um, as my profession, uh, coming on board with um, Haunting Australia was just a wonderful opportunity, and uh, I was very excited about joining up the team because everyone involved I knew was very professional in the paranormal as well um, as the um, yeah as the medium side of things. So I've been doing it for over 30 years. I do um, quite a lot of things. I've been on radio here in Australia. I've done quite about four shows now. Um, Haunting Australia will be my 
is my last main production. Um, I'm also on a, a show called Psychic TV here in Australia. So I'm very involved. I love my work and have been very blessed to do quite a few little uh, radio things all around the world, actually, America as well. So uh, it's nice to connect with the world in, in different ways and uh, and to do what I do. Um, so, yeah, wow. that's, that's just up, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, in 30 years, I, I, you don't, you must have been three when you started. <laughs> Thank you, Alec. No, I wasn't three. I've been very blessed to have, um, well, people say, yeah, I look all right, but um, I disagree. Um, but I do look after myself, I guess, and uh, and I think being a medium and clairvoyant, it's kept me looking a little bit younger than what I really am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you don't feel any of the stress when you're when you're doing um, medium, when you're when you're picking up? vibrations and, and, and talking with people, does it not kind of give you any stress or anxiety? or? No, not really. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, but I must admit, uh, this was my first investigation doing paranormal with um, a team of investigators. So I will say uh, I was a little bit stressed doing yeah the paranormal side of it because one-on-one -on -one clients or anything like that, I know the energy, I know the environment. So it's a very different um, type of feel to when you're in a, a jail or in a pub or um, in an asylum because the energy is very, very different and a lot of the spirits aren't always completely happy. So it does make a difference. But uh, uh, yeah, I love it. So I guess that's what keeps me going with it. That's great. And and Alan Alan Tiller. So so tell us about you. Um, I've been an investigator for over ten years now. Uh, when I started investigating, there was very little available to learn how to investigate um, in Australia, at least. And I kind of started my team Idol on Paranormal based on the fact that I couldn't find anything out. So I would go out and research and investigate, and then share what I found with people, so they could start their own teams and investigate. Um, that's led me to writing and starting two other teams, a team called SA Paranormal, which brings together uh, paranormal teams in South Australia where I live, and we then share our investigations, things we learn with the public for free, and also started a team called the Haunts of Adelaide, which is specifically about history, mystery, and paranormal in South Australia. And that has currently led me to writing for a magazine called Heart, Soul, Spirit magazine, um, where which is a group of basically psychics around Australia, but I'm the only paranormal investigator within the magazine writing about paranormal investigation and my experiences. So it's been a, it's been a long journey to coming to where I am now. And in the midst of that, I met uh, Rob Demarest. And Rob threw the idea of haunting Australia at me and took about a year for us to get around to filming the show, but we got to know each other really well. And then met uh, Ray and Ian and Garab and, of course, Raylene, and we're basically a little family now, quite the, the little team that we still stay in touch with everyone, well, still talk. So. I bet. I mean, it, it, it must bring you pretty close together when you're doing things like that. Well, we basically lived with each other for five weeks straight, um, travelling together. We're all in the same hotel, separate rooms, just next to each other, ate together, so we, we became quite the tight little unit. Yeah, and we had a lot to get done in, in the short time, so the goal was to get as much done as we could um, in the time frame we had, uh, and I think that's what kept us all so close too, is that you know when one of us might be feeling a bit off, we were all there for each other, so it was a really, a really wonderful team team effort. Yeah, supportive. Well, and, and then Alan, now, did you, have you worked with um, mediums like Raylene before the show? Like, was this something you did normally in your investigations, or was this something new for your your type of investigation? It was completely new to me. I hadn't done much with psychics at all. I mean, I knew 
I know a lot of psychics and I've had psychics speak at my live events before, but I hadn't actually investigated with one. And Ian and Raylene operate entirely differently to each other. So learning how they operate so that I could utilize them to further my investigation and, and learn from them was a, a huge experience. Um, Raylene tends to be more compassionate towards children and those kind of things. Ian seems to be more... Um, well, he is a, he's an, a, an ordained exorcist, so he picks up on a lot more negative energy and moves it on. And it was a, it was a completely different experience working with both of them. Um, and I got an opportunity to investigate with both of them at separate times, just the two of us. Um, I think Raylene, we investigated Geelong Jail together. Wow, and, that's uh, busy. <laughs> yeah, and believe it or not, we actually got some stuff that wasn't shown in the episode. Um, one of them was a really growly, demonic voice, which unfortunately I think I brought forward with something I was doing at the time. Um, luckily, we had Ian on side as well, because like I said, he's an ordained exorcist, so he could move that on when he had to. Should we ask what you were doing? or? <laughs> I wasn't, I was provoking, I tried a different type of provocation, I wasn't uh, being negative or aggressive, but I had a, um, a rosary, and I'm actually a Catholic, and um, I was basically holding the rosary out, asking if anyone in the, the prison would like to take it from my hand, and if they could, it would be theirs, and Raylene captured a, a very clear EVP that sounds like three voices laid upon each other, and they're all very growly and gravelly at the same time, which kind of fits in with the, um, the Trinity demonic trinity kind of thing but that was cut from the show because so much so much stuff happened in every single filming that they basically tried to cut it back to what they considered to be the best the editors considered the best stuff so right right well you know that you know that that's going to happen so so no so actually um how did you guys find each other like you were saying that you met rob and that's how it it's the idea came up and it took you a while and how did you find the rest of the members like raylene or ian and everybody that was entirely Rob's choice. Rob handpicked everyone, and he handpicked everyone for a reason. Um, he saw the best in those people. He actually, when he contacted me the first time, um, asked me for names of paranormal investigators around Australia that he could look at and see who would fit what he wanted for his show. And he eventually came back to me again and said, I want you to do the show. And I didn't hesitate to say yes because it's Rob Demarest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was looking for a psychic and... We yummed and ahed about a few, and someone suggested Raylene, and as soon as Rob had talked to Raylene, he knew that she was the one. Wow. And, and did you feel that way, Raylene, when you first talked to him? Yeah, I did, actually. Um, it was just an instant, and I just I felt, you know, you, you have a feeling when you talk to anybody, you know, you, you just get that feel about whether or not you can work with them, whether or not they're going to they're gonna bring out the best in, in, in the project, and immediately with, um, when I spoke to Rob, I just felt, I felt like he knew what he wanted to do, he was focused, um, and he would bring out the best in what he was going to do, so I, oh, yeah, I definitely put my hand up to be on board, knowing that I'd be working with such a, a professional team, so it was great, yeah. Yeah, it's quite an opportunity. Um, so, so now, is there, is there um, now? So, how many episodes? You said there was eight episodes this last series. Yeah, series one is eight episodes. And um, out of the eight, was there one that really stuck out as probably the most? I don't want to say frightening, but the most, let's say, intense. You know, something that you would you would love to do again. Like you didn't think you got enough out of it, or you think there's more questions. I'll start with Alan. Um, for me, I would say the, the North Kapunda Hotel, um, not just because I'm biased and live in the town and actually do tours there every weekend, um, but it was such a surprise because, I mean, I knew it was haunted, 
but not to the level that we experienced when we filmed the show. Um, for those who haven't seen the show, Investigator Ray Jordan, when we were in a section that we call the Hallway to Hell, which is an old apartment building around 1849, he was actually partially possessed and he collapsed on the floor and had to be pulled out by Raylene and Ian and basically exercised. We did not expect that to happen whatsoever. And it was all very genuine. It all actually happened for real, as you see on TV. Um, there was no edits. Ray did, wasn't faking it. And I can tell you that Ray will probably agree with this, that um, he would not have got his suit dirty and he would never have done <laughs> it on television. <laughs> but, but I'll say... Sorry, Randy. Right. I was just saying he was de he's definitely um, a proper man and uh, he always held himself at the highest of level, so clothing and, and the way he held himself was really important. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to have a chuckle. <laughs> um, since, since the show finished filming last year, I've actually been doing tours there for a, a company called Ghost Crime Tours on there every weekend. And believe it or not, we've had a person last weekend actually who experienced the exact same thing that Ray experienced. She was in uh, room nine, and I was telling some of the stories from Haunting Australia and a big gush of the wind came down a long hallway, hit her and she basically collapsed and was dizzy and was almost vomiting. We had to get her out and um, see that she was all right. She was all right about an hour later, but it was exactly the same thing that happened to Ray, just two rooms down the hallway further. That's amazing. Uh, I, m I remember seeing that scene. It was, it was, pretty, it was really intense. I loved it. it, it very. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> you know, the delay, sorry. Uh, Raylene, what, what, how did you feel about that? Uh, well, there was there was quite a few locations. Um, my first, like I think, it was um, our first filming. It wasn't actually the first episode. Um, yeah, the first show on the episode. But um, I got very, um, yeah, I think it would be Woodford Academy for me. Um, I feel like there's still some unanswered things there. Um, and the guys might go, well, I wouldn't think that. Um, also Kapunda, but um, Kapunda, I definitely want to take the team of guys I had in with me before. I couldn't just do it without, yeah, without all the uh, Haunting Australia team because the support, the energy, that just that knowing going into a location like Kapunda was the only reassurance any of us had really, wasn't it, Al? Alan? Yeah, you know, being that we're a team, you know, we supported each other and when Ray... Um, collapsed. Uh, Ian and Raylene got him downstairs out the back of the hotel and Garav and I were actually trapped in the basement at the time and we had to try and work our way back out when we got a call to get back upstairs and we all basically looked after Ray at the time and then um, you yourself had an incident there as well Raylene and we all tried to gather around and support both. So, yeah. what, was your, what was your incident? What? Well, it wasn't aired, and I'm, I'm very grateful it wasn't because it was, it was after the fact. It's, it was very um, emotional for me. Um, basically, after we got Ray out, um, Ian was doing his work to, to clear the spirit, and um, it jumped on me. <laughs> um, so he's doing that. He's clinging to me. I'm having all this stuff going on, and uh, to my amazement, I really didn't expect it, and I think that's what really threw me back was... Um, you know, we got Ray out safe, he was fine, um, but as soon as we got Ray out, it happened to me, so it was just like, it was pretty full on, to be honest, it was very intense, and um, not an experience I'd, I'd like to go through again, to be honest, I, it's one of those, I'd give it a miss, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, takes a lot out of you, doesn't it? It's, yeah. Um, any, is there anybody that has influenced you in the, in the business? Um in, in what you do, um, 
beforehand? Is there somebody that you watch or somebody that's uh, done something that's uh, sort of uh, really, really um, stayed with you over time? So, uh, Alan, I'll start with you. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm, before the show, I guess you'd call me a fanboy. I've pretty much watched every paranormal show there is. Um, I always liked Aaron Goodwin on Ghost Adventures. Um, his, he's not so aggressive, I guess you would call Zach. Aaron seems to stand back a bit more and he's the, um, the scapegoat, I suppose you'd call him. But probably the biggest thing that stuck with me, and I don't want to, you know, kiss up to him, I guess you'd call it, but <laughs> Rob, Rob has been a huge influence on me. Um, you know, I've, I used to watch GHI with Rob and then investigating with him and seeing the way that he investigated, which he isn't the person you see on GHI, um, I guess some, to some degree he is, but he's a much more compassionate man than what he comes across on GHI. And that's what stuck with me, that there are different ways to investigate, there's different ways to, pro to provoke. Um, you don't have to be loud, aggressive, rude. You don't have to go in basically swinging punches and those kind of things. There is other ways to do it, and that's the main, the main thing that stuck with me is you don't have to be Mr. Aggressive. You can go in passively and still provoke and bring things out passively, and that's probably one of the things that's part of Rob's style that has stuck with me and, and I now use in the way I investigate as well. Right, right. Is there, is there some, um, what do you think the right way of provoking is, or, or as you say, or the wrong way maybe? Um, one of the things that, that Rob suggested to me going into Geelong Jail, um, he said, if this jail was full of prisoners, would you go in shouting at them and calling them out and those kind of things? And obviously you wouldn't because as soon as those doors open, they'd basically tear you to pieces. So the way to go in and do that is to basically go in and one thing you could do is, is act as a guard, but that would also bring on negative aspects. Um, you could go in and say that you're king of the jail, that would bring on negative aspects as well. But if you go in and act like a prisoner, um, and most prisoners when they go into a jail, they aren't aggressive, they try and stick to themselves, you will get noticed by the spirits that are there if they are ex-prisoners. And that's a way of, of still provoking, but um, you're not being negative, you're not being aggressive. I believe someone like Barry Fitzgerald might have called that Singapore theory. Um, I think that's what they called it. I can't exactly remember, but it's a way of provoking where you may say dress up as a guard or dress up as a prisoner and you are still provoking by being there dressed up in the way you are but you're not being aggressive all right right and and so so Raylene so who who is your influences or who 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 has stuck with you over years in the sense of uh you know um kind well, of with my mediumship um I could give you two lovely names um Doris Stokes and um Edgar Casey um you know I've I look I look at every every medium that's been in past past and uh, still here so but I do um look towards the the mediums from yeah from past more than I do the present um but it, as in as in for the paranormal um, I must admit, uh, 100% with Alan here, um, Rob Demers was uh, a great team leader. And um, it's, if anything, that sparked my interest, seeing the style that he has and his, um, his, his sincerity in wanting to connect, you know, and get evidence um, that the spirits, uh, you know, within the, the, the location. 
So um, from the paranormal side, I'd say Rob and the guys have been my biggest inspiration and I look up to. Um, from the, the medium side, I'd have to say, um, yeah, Doris Stokes and uh, Edgar Casey. Wow, that's great. Okay, we're going to stop for a little break here and we'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back now and this has been just great so far. And now, now, so we were talking a little bit about different places you've been to and, and uh, one that seemed really interesting was the convicts court. And... Uh, um, how how do you how can you explain about that the with the uh, event that happened there? Um, who who wants to start with that one? Well, I think like yeah, sorry. All yours, Raylene. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, actually, it was a part of one of the locations that it was the convicts' quarters, but it was called Gledswood uh, Village, was it? Gledswood Village, I think. Homestead, Gledswood Homestead. Homestead, sorry, Homestead. And um, for myself personally, it was quite a, a lovely experience because in this particular location, it was uh, convicts' quarters, and so this homestead was quite an ancient, old homestead, one of the oldest in the areas, and had a lot of lucrative families. But uh, my experience there with um, a little girl spirit was quite amazing. Um, the way she described her her passing and the way that she, she described what she was going through before she passed um, was truly amazing. And uh, you know, I had I went in solo to do the investigation, and then afterwards, I'll let you go on with that, Alan. But Alan went in and had a, um, an experience of his own. Over to you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> so, part of what we did with Haunting Australia was um, when our psychics had gone through somewhere, they generally led, as you'll see in the episodes, they go through first. Then the tech guys would come through and we would try and validate what the psychics had felt. And uh, at Gledswood Homestead, which I believe is episode four, Raylene went through the um, convict's quarters and she was basically having visions, I guess you would call it of the little girl that had passed away. She died of uh, scarlet fever in the late 1800s. And while I was in there, I actually had my Melmeter go up to one of its highest uh, settings I've ever had on. I think it was about 64 at one stage, 64 milligauss, which is incredibly huge. And the only power that was in this particular part was the overhead lighting, which is, we, we tested it before and it wasn't even putting out any kind of milligauss anywhere near this level. And not long after, there was all these cold breezes coming through, and myself and Ian Lawman, who's the psychic, were going through trying to work out where the wind was coming from. We tested the windows, we, we lit up the roof to have a look to see what was up there, if there was any holes or those kind of things. And we couldn't find any reason that this breeze was swirling around through this room. Um, we're talking temperatures probably 20 degrees lower than the, the atmospheric temperature of the time, just in certain pockets of the room. And it came across as though something was trying to contact us and hold our hands. And that kind of kind of came across as, as what Raylene was, was telling us previously of the little girl needing comfort because she was passing away very slowly and painfully. And, um, yeah, the little girl was trying to communicate with us via touch and by the temperature drop and, obviously, the milligauss readings. Mm. She, she was quite a, a sweetie. <laughs> and, and so does that, Raylene, does that really... Um, get emotional for you? Uh, it can do if I allow it, but I can't really allow it because it's in the moment and I've got to, for me to be a clear channel and a true channel, I really need to be able to detach from my emotions. Um, you know, often after I've done what I have to do, whether it's with a client or TV, 
I'll step back and then the realisation will hit me, wow, that poor soul went through a hard time. Do you know what I mean? But when I'm channeling, um, no, I um, I tend to be just, I have to be that clear vessel so I can't really, but afterwards, after the fact, yeah, definitely, yeah, especially when it's children. Um, I have a very big soft spot for children and I find that when I'm doing my work as medium, um, a lot of younger spirits will come to me. I don't know if they think I'm a lot younger than what I am or I'm just a playful spirit. Well, I'm a bit of a playful spirit myself. <laughs> so um, I just wonder if they feel... And I am a mother as well, so I, I have children. So sometimes I think that, that that's a little bit of a link and, and they feel safe. And I guess that's that's the most important thing when I'm doing any any of my medium work with children. Right. And so so now, uh, was there a lot of... Did you come across a lot of children in these eight, eight episodes in, the, in other locations as well that you... Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and uh, we had one uh, when we were at uh, Woodford Academy. That's one of the episodes as well. And I was working with um, Rob Demarest in um, the school schoolhouse. And uh, yeah, I had, I had actually, I had a lot of children when I think about it, Alan. And uh, it was just amazing. And even Rob's approach with the children was great because he he was getting the the spirit to um, acknowledge that he was there as well. And um, so I was hearing and seeing and feeling and, and having all that happening. And, and Rob's trying to capture it all scientifically, which was brilliant. But uh, his approach was just uh, amazing. Um, and so often the, the little spirits would come out because they felt safe. They didn't feel like they were being pushed to do anything. And, and that's not just from the medium side. I think that's also the fact that they felt safe with the uh, investigators because if they didn't, they wouldn't... Mm, yeah, yeah, they felt they felt comfortable. They weren't feeling threatened or pushed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, now, Alan, uh, can you explain a little bit about the uh, what's your what, when you guys are doing the investigation? What's kind of like the the process, the the step process? Um, how how you s- start? Well, how you select a place first of all, and then uh, when you get there, how is it you first set up and the equipment and things like that? Do you, uh, is there a process? So- with, with Haunting Australia, um, before we even got to filming, Rob and I uh, sorted out the locations. I had a, he, he basically asked me to write a list of everywhere that I thought was the most haunted places. So we weren't going to go to places that you know, may have a ghost or may have a story. These were places that had continuously been reported for the last 200 years of Australian colony of being haunted places. So basically I wrote a list of every state. We worked that down to... Uh, probably about 20 locations. The production company themselves chose three states to choose from. I actually had to uh, get my home state put in there because they weren't originally going to come here. Um, And basically we whittled it down to eight locations that we could match in with the timing schedule for our shoot because some places we really, really wanted, but the the timing schedule that we had, which was all, all of August and part of September, they couldn't actually fit us in. So we wound that down to the eight locations, which were considered the most haunted for each state. The investigation process, basically, I had done all the research. I'm a, I'm a very big researcher when it comes to locations. That's part of what I do with my own teams. I basically look at the history, who's passed away there, who lived there, those kind of things, and they become my EVP questions. I specif- specify people and ask them direct questions. Um, before each episode, generally... The night before, Rob and I would talk about what we wanted to do in each location. So we would work out the technical side of things um, because Rob and I basically were in charge of the equipment and where we were going to place cameras and those kinds of things. Um, Raylene and Ian had a much more, I guess you'd call it, organic approach where they didn't have to worry about the tech side of stuff 
other than the cameras they were wearing on their bodies. And occasionally we'd give them a piece of equipment just to, you know, give them something. And, and we also taught them both how to uh, record EVPs and listen back and pick those things out so that they could uh, verify what they were feeling and what they were getting by EVP as well if they could, which did actually happen a couple of times. So Rob and I would work it out. We'd basically look at our map of the location, figure out where we thought things may or may not happen, and then try and cover those areas with cameras. We worked out experiments we were going to do, and we actually had a list of about probably 30 or 40 experiments that we wanted to try, but most of them didn't make the episodes, unfortunately. We also had um, prototype equipment. Ray, uh, Rob actually designed a whole heap of equipment himself and had it built specifically for the show. Unfortunately, most of that got cut from the episodes because, like I said earlier, so much stuff happened every time we filmed. So that stuff didn't make it. The other thing that we had to incorporate not only did we have psychics and the tech guys, we had Gaurav, who is a metaphysicist, and coming from the Indian culture has a whole different approach. So we had to fit him in with his approach to things. And he's very much into um, full-spectrum photography. And everyone who's watched the show would know that he got some really awesome uh, ghost photos in his full-spectrum photography. So we had to incorporate him in as well. Plus Ray. Ray has another entirely different approach. He is what you would call an old-school investigator. Um, he approaches things the older style way, bells, um, talcum powder, uh, marbles, those kind of things. We did actually tech him up a little bit. We got him some marbles that are um, lit up in IR. They, they have a little IR light in them. I think they're called tactical military balls. So we, we took his old school and, and blended him a little bit with, with the, the more modern techniques. And you know, So we had to work out who would go in where and when and those kind of things before we filmed the show. So that was mainly on Rob, because Rob being team leader. But I had a little bit of an influence here and there, especially with places like Kapunda, which I knew the layout of and I knew which parts were haunted. Um, Aradale was very much a grab equipment, stick it in your bag and just go, because Aradale is ginormous. It is the, the biggest place we went to by far. Um, the, the hallway for Aradale is about 1.6 kilometres long. It's the, the longest hallway is in Australia, as far as I'm aware. So you can imagine 1.6 kilometres, and that's twice as first level, second level. Then there's smaller areas upstairs, plus buildings out the back. So it's quite an extensive area to cover. So that one being a little bit more um, load up with equipment and just get in there and do it. It was a little bit different to the rest in that aspect. But yeah, our process was get the psychics in, get the psychics to find out where the hot spots are. Then we would come through with equipment and try and verify everything they picked up. And, and how well no, were, known were these places, um, like in the in the ghost hunting community, for instance, um, that, that you visited? In, in Australia, Aradale would probably be considered the most haunted place in Australia, so that's probably number one out of everywhere here. A couple of the other places, um, Kapunda is actually known as the most haunted town in Australia, which is partly why I live here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cockatoo Island wasn't so well known as a haunted place, but it turned out to be incredible. Um, you know, there's not too many whole islands that you could go to other than maybe um, Povolivia in Italy. But this is an island in Sydney Harbour, um, and, and it has, you know, it has an old asylum, it has old military barracks, um, haunted tunnels, all those kind of things that you know us paranormal investigators love. Um, the other places, yeah, they're all fairly well known actually. They're probably most of them are in the top 20 most haunted places in Australia, other than um, probably the most haunted place in Australia is Tasmania. Just the, you know, the Port Arthur there is incredibly haunted, but Rob has a rule of not going back 
to places that he's investigated before. Um, he did that on GHI when he was on GHI. He'd done Port Arthur and a couple of other places. So we didn't go back to the places he'd already experienced. Um, we wanted new places, fresh places for him. So, yeah. Right. So a lot of teams have already been to these places or sort of not really? Um, no. Adelaide Arcade, we were the first paranormal investigation team to investigate, and I believe we still are the only paranormal team to investigate. Um, Cockatoo Island, same thing. No one had previously investigated that. Gledswood had been. Aradale constantly has people in there. Geelong constantly has people in there. Um, Woodford was known but not overly investigated. Gledswood has ghost tours, so that does get investigated a lot. Um, Pioneer Village is also known. So, yeah, mainly Adelaide Arcade and Cockatoo Island would be the, the more unknown, not touched places that are other than everywhere else. Yeah. Did any of those locations sort of um, surprise you? Like, uh, you know, get what you didn't want or the other way around? Was it sort of anything disturbing or surprising? Cockatoo Island was the biggest surprise for me. Um, the, the ghost stories at the time, because we were researching right up until we filmed, and the, the ghost stories weren't as strong as the other places, but that place, particularly the house on top of the island, because the island has layers. Um, there's, you know, the ground level is an old ship breaking yard where plenty of people died in there. Then there's tunnels that go into like a, a big rock, rocky outcrop, and as you go up higher and higher, you get to the top of it, and there's a house called Billowella House. It's a very old homestead. We weren't expecting it to be overly haunted, and that's... Funnily enough, is where pretty much everything happened in that particular episode. Oh. So, how long do you work on one of these on, on the production of like one show? How long does one of those investigations take, roughly? Uh, they all vary, but I would guess probably around anywhere from twelve to sixteen hours per per night of filming. Mm. Long hours, and that that squeezes back to probably about twenty three minutes of the episode because you also have our outing and our reveal. So you get, you know, six investigators squeezed back down to that time. So you can imagine the amount of footage that, that's still floating around that hasn't even made the episode. So, Well, maybe you'll make like kind of a, some little bits and pieces you'll put on for everybody to see. <laughs> I have actually already done that. Oh. <laughs> um, if, if your listeners would care to look on YouTube for a, a website called Horn Tring Oz, so Haunt with an R, then I-N-G, Oz, O-Z, you'll actually see behind the scenes that we filmed everything that we did behind the scenes, traveling, just in the hotels, eating, all those kind of things, and I've made them into about, I think there's 64 videos and about another probably thousand to come yet. Wow, that's, that's great. Is there, are there any favorite moments from behind the scenes that uh, you could share or talk about? I have, a, I have a moment that I wouldn't call my favorite, but it tends to be the one that haunts me the most. Um, during the Adelaide Arcade episode, we went to a location here as our outing called Cleland, and we got to meet Australian wildlife. We got to take our international investigators to meet, um, you know, wombats and kangaroos and things. And we were holding a, a, a koala called Edmund. And I was the last person in line. And Edmund decided that he didn't like me very much and started biting me and scratching me. And I actually almost lost my eye. Mm. Um, it is actually part of that episode. It's the reveal of that episode. Uh, it's actually, sorry, it's the outing of that episode. And yeah, that, that sticks with me. Um, Raylene had an incident herself at Gledswood where she came across a red-bellied black snake, one of the top mm. ten poisonous snakes in Australia, oh. and yeah. Gerard actually broke his leg in the first episode. So yeah, we had a few things that stick with us. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I guess. Uh, is there any moments that stick out for you, Raylene? Like, um, not even just behind the scenes, but maybe, um, like any surprises, like, you know, anything that 
you do yeah, that? Yeah, well, definitely um, glad to put the, the snake because I, I, my biggest fear is snakes. So, um, yeah, I don't think you've seen anyone run so fast. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was one. But th- to be honest with you, there were so many wonderful behind the scenes and while shooting moments. That and I think that's what makes it so special. I mean, we, we've all connected on on such a, a level that, regardless to whether or not we're filming still at the moment or anything like that, which we're not, um, we're still. It's like we're still all together. And um, we had many moments. The guys. I mean, being the only female in the team, um, the guys were the funniest guys to be around, honestly. Um, and I had the best time, and I and I felt so safe. So. Yeah, every moment to me was just wonderful um, being a part of the team and working and, um, yeah, working with everyone. It's great. And how was the process for you as the medium, really? Like, did, because um, you weren't doing the same thing they were. So, uh, when did you arrive to one of these places the, that you're investigating and sort of what was your process? Uh, I always definitely do a big clearing before I go anywhere. Um, so, as soon as I come to a location, I, I normally get visions before I get somewhere. So, I'll, if I get a vision of a particular area or something, when I get to that location and I come across that area, I tend to know whether or not there's going to be something going on or not always, but majority of the time, you know. So I, I do a big, big clearing before I go in. Um, I also do what we call protection in the spiritual sense. Um, and everyone's got a different process of doing that. So I like to put my protection up. Um, and then basically I'm a, I, I just go in as a very clear vessel, so whatever I meant, and I, and I don't preempt anything, I don't think, okay, I might pick up it, I, I have to be as clear as I can so I can be as true as I can in doing what I do, and, and if I see something I do, if I don't, I don't say I do, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm right. very, very, um, very honest about my work. Um, so yeah, generally the process is just to be as clear as I can, um, put my protection up, and also be aware of anything that I might need to share with my team teammates, you know. So if I, I know something's about or something's not right, I, I definitely would have told the guys, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, just be aware of this or all that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 So what, what's your method of protection? What You say it's different with everybody, so kind of... This is a good, that's a really good question because I'm going to share it with everyone now. Um, but you're going to laugh at me because has, have you seen the um, show Stargate? <laughs> oh, yeah, bit, yeah, I have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the gold rings. And, you, and, and when they go into, um, when they arrive into a new um, galaxy or new, you know, um, planet. Uh, well, I actually envision gold rings going, just like when you see Stargate, you know, the gold rings going yeah. around my aura. Um, and that to me is, is, a, is a form. And I, I see a lot of gold as I'm doing it. So, yeah. That's the process that I do. Um, and, of course, you know, you just do a little bit of breathing and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so I imagine that the gold ring's like on uh, Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it, it works, right? I mean, you're... It does. It does, definitely. <laughs> now, is there any um, any kind of a, a wish list of places, buildings, or anything that you, you'd want to do um, – in Australia as well, like coming up as maybe a, another season, uh, what would you choose? Um, uh, I'd go anywhere if I went with the team. Okay. And, and, Honestly, I've worked with the same team I've worked with um, up till now. I would go anywhere. Um, yeah. There's a lot of beautiful places here. I, I'd actually like to take the team overseas. <laughs> Let's do that, Alan. Let's go overseas. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think about that, Alan? Are you guys uh, considering going 
um, some are different other than Australia or doing another season in Australia? What, what, what do you think the future is? Um, I would say at the moment we would probably do the second season in Australia. Um, but, but Haunting Australia has a colon in the middle, if you've noticed, that says Haunting colon Australia. Right. That colon is there so that we can go to other countries. It would be Haunting Ireland, Haunting Canada, Haunting USA, whichever the place may be. So there is always the chance that the second season or a future season may not be in Australia. It may be in another country, right. which is something to look forward to. Um, in Australia, locations that I would like to do, uh, probably Fremantle Jail would be a good one in Western Australia. Um, Dreamworld, which is a, a theme park in Queensland, would be really good. Apparently, that's really haunted. Um, there's still tons of locations we didn't even touch on here that, you know, we would consider the most haunted places in Australia. I mean, eight, eight places out of, I believe the original list was 100. So, you know, there's still a lot to go. We could make plenty of seasons here if we really wanted to. Do you think, do you think there's um, um, something different about investigating in Australia as compared to other countries, like, you know, England or Canada, US or any of that? Um, Probably. Sorry? I was saying yeah, so you know. <laughs> Probably the, the major difference here is our history isn't as old as other countries. You know, we're only just over 200 years old as a nation, um, other than, of course, the Indigenous Aboriginal people, which we wouldn't try and investigate purely out of cultural reasons. We don't want to offend anyone in the Aboriginal community. And part of their culture doesn't allow them to talk about um, people who have passed away, those kind of things. So we wouldn't touch those kind of places here. Um, but we have a lot of colonial history. We have, as most people around the world are aware, Australia was a, a convict port, except I will say for South Australia, we were a free state. We weren't settled by convicts here, <laughs> which makes a huge difference, trust me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we have a lot of convict history, and that's where we, we our hauntings are a little bit different. There's, they can tend to be a little bit more aggressive. I don't know whether that's because the living conditions the convicts encountered when they came here. Um, a place in Sydney is, is called The Rocks, and that's kind of the heart of Sydney. It's where Sydney started. That area actually had a hospital, which now is all hotels and, and pubs and those kind of things along this one road, where they say around about 10,000 people died from different epidemics over about 30 years. So that, that's actually considered one of the most haunted places in Australia, but it's near impossible to investigate properly because it's also one of the, the main night spots for Sydney. So you've always got noise there. Um, that's probably where we differ the most, though. We don't have the huge amount of history. You know, England goes back thousands of years, and they have castles. We don't have any castles or anything like that. We have asylums, hospitals, and pubs. That's really <laughs> the major difference. Yeah. And so, so for Raylene, have you done any sort of medium work outside of Australia? Um, only on online, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> no, my, my goal is to, um, at some point, I've been, I'm very, very busy here in Australia. I, like I say, I do a, a regular show and I do a lot of events here. And, but, but my goal is to definitely venture overseas and, um, connect physically with people because I do a lot of connecting. I've got a lot of, uh, international clients that I do phone reads and Skype reads and, and things like that. And so my goal will be definitely in the, in the coming year or so to, to venture out and see what the world's got because I've actually never been overseas physically. Oh. So. I'm on a DVD called Haunting Australia, but <laughs> and that's travelling the world, isn't it, Alan? Yeah. yeah. So, that's, um, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's great. 
Okay, we're just uh, taking a short break here, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back now with the uh, Haunting Australia team, um, a few members of them, and uh, let's see. Now, I wanted to talk, um, now, Raylene, I've sort of saw in the bio about your, your, you've been, you're doing some healing. Um, tell, if you could tell us a little bit about that, like what it is that you do, actually, and, and sort of how, how it works. How it works? Okay, well, I'm um, a ranking master. I don't like using the word master, but you, you go to certain levels. You can do one, two, and then master. Um, I've been doing uh, my healings for as long as I've been doing my, uh, actually longer, if I was to be honest. Um, no, I think about the same, as long as I've been doing the mediumship. Now, with the healing, what happens is, is you're connecting with the universal energy. So it is basically a very um, non-intrusive type of um, healing um, where you place your hands on someone just very gently and um, basically you're, you're the bridge in between and uh, the universe supplies you the energy to give to that person uh, to help that person with whatever problem they're having. Um, so, you know, it can sometimes take up to a couple of sessions to, um, to really benefit, but for, uh, I've seen people come and go and, and never come back again and they've been they've been healed or that, that they feel that they've got what they needed for the healing so it's a beautiful way to, to work with people though and especially if um, you've got somebody who's a little bit anxious um, you can explain you can make a little bit of a, a test of what what to ex- um, you know what to expect and uh, then the healing can just happen nice and naturally right it must it must really it, it, that must be emotional or it must make you feel really good when things go well right that's Oh, yeah. There's nothing better than hearing that um, somebody who's had chronic leg pain or chronic migraines, um, all of a sudden their migraines are not there or they've lessened or or they're just feeling, you know, that their life's back on track, you know. It's amazing how how healing works. You can't always say it's going to be a particular area. Where you're working on the physical body, it's also working on the spiritual body as well. So, and I guess that's how we've got to look at it. We've got more than one body we've got our, our physical body but we've got our spiritual body and then we've got our aura so you know it's like layers you've got to work through layers and this uh, form of healing is, is absolutely amazing for that right just ask when did that sort of start for you or how did that how did you come to be aware of, of that sort of healing well, it's, it's, I'm actually a qualified nurse as well, would you believe? So I've actually, <laughs> didn't know, did you? Yeah, That's not in my bio, but um, yeah, but I'm actually, I, I cared for the elderly. So it's, it's almost like a natural progression. When you do something that you enjoy, it's, that will lead you on to other things. Like I was a nurse. I've then done the Reiki course and did the healing and did all the, all the, the degrees I needed to do to, to do that. So I have, I've got the best of both worlds. I had um, my nursing experience, which is the practical side of things, and then I've got the Reiki, which is also the spiritual side. So it really does work well when you, you combine the two, you know, having both sets of knowledge. I, I guess that's a better way of putting it. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Alan, there's one other thing I, I, I meant to ask that I didn't earlier. It was about the, uh, when you were doing, you do the tours at the hotel. Um, it's uh, uh, ghost crime tours. That's correct. Well, what's that about? Like, what does that mean, ghost crime tour? Um, basically, ghosts, the, the, there are two a group here in South Australia where I live. Um, I came across them last year, uh, did a tour with them for my birthday, and believe it or not, I actually got the cast on a tour while we were filming in Adelaide, and we'd done a tour on a Friday night and through uh, a place called Port Adelaide. And now I work for them. Um, so what they do is 
it's not just a ghost tour. We also talk about crimes that happen in locations, and none of the crimes are any more recent than 50 years. So there's nothing you know, close in the last 20, 30 years that may affect people that still live in the town. They're all much, much older crimes, and a lot of them are really interesting. Um, the Kapunda crimes themselves are, are very, very interesting. Some of them are a little bit graphic, um, but they are really interesting stories. So what I do, because I'm, I'm actually the tour guide for the Kapunda part of our tours, we have three tours in Adelaide. One is in, like I said, Port Adelaide. One is in uh, the Adelaide CBD, which goes to the Adelaide Arcade, by the way, uh, which was episode five of Haunting Australia. And we have the Kapunda tour, which is episode seven of Haunting Australia. So I'm basically your tour guide every weekend. So if you've seen Haunting Australia, come along and, and you'll get to meet me. Um, I basically walk you through the history of Kapunda. We then go for a walk around the town and we look at places like the old Kapunda Courthouse, which was where we had our reveal for Haunting Australia, considered a very, very haunted place. Talk about history, the ghosts, those kind of things. We, we A few more stops around Kapunda where I talk about crimes. Um, we visit another location in town called Ford House, which is really haunted. We end up coming back to the North Kapunda Hotel. And when we come back, I actually take people into the hallway to hell where Ray had his experience, and which is considered actually one of the most haunted parts of the hotel. So our tours are basically ghosts, crime, and history together. A little bit of mystery in there as well. There's some things that we don't have an answer for that we bring up in the tours. But everything is actually historically correct. Uh, the owners of Ghost Crime Tours, Darren and David, are, are very, very huge on historical um, references and having things made. They, they double-check, they triple-check to make sure it is definitely something that happened and we have the proper, correct story. So well worth doing if you're interested in those kind of things. So, yes, it's a ghost tour plus a crime tour mixed together. Wow, oh, that sounds really good. That's, a, that's, that's a prob good. It's probably the longest explanation to get back to that point you've ever had. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was, no. It's actually it's, it's interesting. I think it's it, it really is. Um, that's the 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 crime part with the ghost. That's just I'm I'm into that. Well, one of the really good things with it is we have some crimes which we think could explain the hauntings. Right. So they tie in together. They do tie together because some things that have happened in this town, um, believe it or not, we had a riot in Kapunda um, in 1893, I believe it was, and. Some things happened during that riot which could lead to some of the hauntings that happen in the town now. So that comes up in the tour. So, But you have to come on the tour to, to hear what the story is. Oh, I see. <laughs> you get a teaser, isn't it, Alan? Is that yeah. what you call it, a teaser? Yeah. Getting on that plane right now. <laughs> well, if you come down, I'll, I'll, I'll take you around for free. Take you for free and you can oh. record the tour and... Okay, this is on tape. Okay, so just on tape. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love to. Actually, I just had neighbors that went down for a month. Oh, okay. Well, they're South Australian Ghost yeah. Crime Tours. Look yeah. them up online, ghostcrimetours.com.au, and you'll see the three different tours. They're not expensive tours. They're only twenty-five dollars. Um, the Kapunda tour can go up to four hours, depending on how much activity we have, because we do have two locations that tend to have a lot of paranormal activity while we're doing a tour, which is awesome because I don't have to oversell the tour or anything because the spirits take care of it themselves right that's a, that's awesome you know um so um what have you guys got coming up uh what's what's for the future here anything new? <laughs> <laughs> oh i can't talk alan no that's okay um for the future well um myself and alan um are doing a cruise together a paranormal slash psychic um cruise with um thing 
Is that theme cruises? Sorry, Alan, I haven't got any paperwork in front of me. Um, I I have it right here in front of me. Um, Do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Raylene and I, in August 2015, we are going on a cruise with Theme Cruises Australia. Um, We are doing a paranormal and psychic cruise. It's about seven days. We're going to the islands of Numea, uh, Lifu, New Caledonia, and Villa Vanuatu. So that's the Sundays off the Australian coast. We're going to do at least two paranormal investigations and one UFO investigation. And during the cruise, Raylene and I will also be presenting. So Raylene will be presenting psychic abilities, maybe some readings, maybe um, teaching people how to connect. And I'll be doing the paranormal side, teaching people how to investigate for themselves, how to research properly. Plus, within that somewhere, we'll also be showing a lot of behind-the-scenes of Haunting Australia because I actually have hours and hours and hours of footage I was allowed to keep from the show. So it'll be exclusive to the tour. Um, Some of it's never been seen outside of the tour. I actually have done a live show where I show. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A little bit of it, but I have so much more that hasn't ever been shown publicly. So there's bits and pieces I'll be showing during our presentations, so exclusive to the tour. 
Um, for people that would like to find out more about the tour, you can visit www.themecruisersaustralia.com and all the details are on there. There is Psychics Unleashed number four on the website and you'll see my smiling face and Raylene's smiling face on there and a big picture of a ship and all the details are there. Excellent. Great. It should be a great cruise. I really, really should. I mean, myself and Alan have worked, we work so well together and Alan's so terrific with the paranormal. Um, knowing he does his research and everything. It's, you know, I even get amazed. I sit back and go, wow, how did you, you know, find that out? How did you know that? So I'm sure anyone that comes along is going to have an absolutely wonderful time and have a lot of fun as well, I hope, Alan. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be a blast, actually. And you said something about the, um, uh, UFOs as well? Yes. Um, Theme cruises. We're going to look at having a UFO night on the top deck of the the ship. The ship's like eleven stories high. It's, it's huge. Wow. And we've I've been talking to the creator of Theme Cruises about um, doing a UFO hunt from the top top deck because we're going to be out at sea. There's not going to be any light pollution, so we're going to see the stars as they are. The whole sky is going to be lit up, and it's going to be horizon to horizon. So if there's anything out there moving around, we're going to see it from that top deck. So we're going to have a look at that. A little bit of history about UFOs in that region, those kind of things, and yeah, sit outside on the top deck on a nice hot summer night and look for UFOs. Wow, that sounds, sounds great! <laughs> wow, I'm there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so closing up, and and so, do you want to give your uh, information, Raylene, like contact information and and website? Yeah. Well, my name is Raylene Cable with a K, so I like to say that because a lot of people put C. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, I've got a few pages, but um, if you look up, look me up on Facebook, I've also got my website, which is www.raylenecable.com.au. And another little thing that um, people might be interested in is I'm on live TV here once a week, and that actually goes um, live stream on the computer. So that's called Psychic TV. Um, I think it's just Psychic TV now. So um, if you want to look up Psychic TV, I think OZ or Psychic TV, and watch what I do and how I do it, uh, feel free to, to tune in and uh, have a look. I'm generally on Thursday nights, um, and that one would be www.psychictv.com.au. Uh, apart from that, Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> what else am I on? I'm on everything. So look for me out there, guys. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> look forward to connecting with you. <laughs> Great. And, and Alan, any, any contact information for you? Uh, just like Raylene, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter. You can also find me at www.idolonparanormal.net and www.alantiller.com.au. Uh, in Canada, you can also find me via Heart, Soul and Spirit magazine, which can be bought via iSubscribe, which is www.isubscribe.com.au. It is available in Canada at the moment, actually. And um, you'll find with that particular magazine, it's not just paranormal, it's also uh, psychics and a lot of great Australian psychics. I think there's also a couple of worldwide psychics. So well worth having a read. I write a column in there every two months, which is about paranormal stuff, um, ghost hunting, how to ghost hunt, researching, and also have little little bits and pieces about haunting Australia, things that have happened that, that are exclusive to the magazine as well. So it's definitely worth having a look at if you're a Haunting Australia fan. Um, you can also find Haunting Australia on Facebook. And for our fans in Canada, you will find Haunting Australia is available on iTunes from the 19th of July. Right. 
<laughs> that was well done. <laughs> well done. Excellent. Couldn't have done it better myself. And and also um, um, everybody in Canada here now. The uh, it's it's on the travel and entertainment channel up here, and I know it's been running on Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific and 10 p.m. Eastern. And uh, and coming up next on the show, uh, we're going to have uh, another of the team join us, uh, Ray Jordan, and uh, that's going to be real exciting. Now, guys, thank you very much. I know you have to leave now, and uh, I really appreciate this. Um, and I'm just so thrilled that you came on. And... Uh, and people that listen and they know I only pick people that I really have uh, appreciation for and great respect. So um, thank you, and uh, I wish you all the well, and uh, we'll be back after this break. Okay, we're back now, and uh, joining us is another member of the Haunting Australia team, uh, Ray Jordan. And uh, now also uh, joining us is my uh, lovely uh, co-host, uh, Julie Hughes. And uh, welcome to both of you. It's good to have you back. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, now, <laughs> now Ray, um, we, um, we've been talking about the uh, Haunting Australia um, series, and uh, so, so what can you tell me about it, as in uh, how you guys got together? Oh, it's almost Warren. It's almost like six degrees of separation. Um, everyone was connected to. to somebody in some bizarre way. I mean, I've known Rob Demarest uh, as a really close friend for goodness knows how many years. I've known Ian Lawman as a really close friend for years. Um, Rob just happened to say to me, oh, hey, Ray, I've got this, you know, this really good idea. I want to do this idea. So I listened to the idea. I thought, wow, this sounds amazing. So obviously I jumped on board. Uh, he said to me, do I know any psychics? I said, yeah, I just so happen to know a really good psychic which was Ian Norman. Ian Norman jumped on board, um, and that was it. And then it kind of spiraled from there, to be honest. Um, probably about nine months before we actually all got together, first time in Australia, we, we all talked in a private group on Facebook. So we, we got to know each other. You know, everyone's quirks, everyone's likes, dislikes, uh, talks about paranormal, that kind of thing. And then when we actually saw each other for the first time, it was like just meeting up with old friends, you know, there was no coldness, no distance. It was just like a group, great group of mates getting together. Oh, great. And, and, and how did you guys go about choosing the sites like that you, that you had in Australia? Um, I personally didn't have anything to do with that. I think it was more to do with Rob and Alan. Um, obviously, because it was set in Australia, Alan's one of the you know, top people in Australia, so he knows locations inside out. Um, so I think he, he focused with, with Alan on quite a lot of locations about what could be good, what needs to be done, what's never been done. Um, so that they come up with some really great locations. Okay. And, and how do you describe your position in the group? Like what's, what, what, what is your area of expertise in the group? Well, I don't like to, I don't like to use the word expertise. I think everyone's, um, you know, an authority in their own kind of way. I, well, apart from being really smartly dressed, of course. Um, <laughs> I had to yeah. bring a, a bit of British over to, to the program. Um, I, I'm kind of very old school, very old school super sleuth. I think they, they kind of branded me in, in the show. Um, I'm very old kind of school Harry Price, and I like trigger object stuff, just very plain and simple stuff, really old-fashioned stuff. Uh, not much gadgetry, but, you know, I'll get involved with, with the modern-day gadgetry stuff, you know. 
Um, but I'm very, very kind of very old school. Yeah. Oh, that leads, uh, Julie, you had a good question about the, the orbs and that. Yeah, and then I was having a, a quick look um, at some of the, um, it was just those ad advertisements um, about um, Cornish Australia. And one of the um, snapshots underneath was about all these orbs in a particular, um, uh, I suppose, set. And um, I was quite interested in that because there's a lot of thought around now, especially in the UK, about um, orbs and how um, I think Parascience did a, a paper um, regarding orbs and really kind of very much dismissed them as paranormal activity in the main. And on the particular clip I watched on, on YouTube, there was, you know, the interference in the picture was, was huge. So I just, I suppose I'd like to know your take on that a little bit, Ray, and whether you, you believe in orbs or whether you, you attribute them to other, other, other things, like dust, etc. Sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of, I'm very open-minded about the whole orb thing, but if, if, I, if I'm really completely honest with myself, which, which I always am, um, I don't believe that they're the first manifestation of, of, of spirit. I, I just, I just, I just, I don't know. There's something about it that I just, I just don't believe. I just think it could be dust. I mean, I was on investigation once with with a former team. Um, Sam took a really great photo and says, "Ray, Ray, look at this photo. Look at this photo. I've caught the ball." And I thought, "Wow!" And it kind of makes you think: Could it be? Could it not be? But it wasn't until we zoomed in on this photo, it was a moth. You know, yeah. so there could be reasonable explanations about what these so-called orbs could be. It could be dust, it, it could be a light refraction, it could be a bug, a moth. So, so do I believe? I, I don't think I do, but I am open-minded that it could be. Hmm. So you, you're just a little... I like kind that. of contradict myself a little bit, I believe. <laughs> um, you, you know, I... I yeah, it is a difficult question. It's like people ask me, do I believe in life after death? Well, yeah, I'm a believer, and I believe, but I need the harder proof. Yeah. You know? So I, I suppose I've got the same view on orbs, I suppose. <laughs> you, have, you have many experiences, and, and your website you know, tells us a little bit about those. Um, so you have a belief. Um, yes. Because you've had those experiences. But I suppose what I'm hearing is that, that you want, really want that kind of built upon and, and you want the scientific, you want the evidence there, you know, to, to back up really what you've seen yourself. Absolutely. It's great because during some of the series, it was great because Ian and Redding, who were the mediums of psychics, you know, they just didn't go in and they just didn't walk around and say, oh, I feel someone here, there's a cold spot there. You know, they went in, they were armed with cameras, they were armed with dictaphones because they wanted to bring to the table what they could almost hear for, for us as a team and, and you as the viewers to, to hear as well. You know, and, and I think that's a really good edge that, that we have there. But I do want the, the proof, you know, and I, I do want it to be backed up by science and, and, you know, to be proved. Because I sometimes think, guys, that maybe, you know, we might have somewhat overlooked a crucial bit of evidence down the line that, that needs to be re-examined with science. That, that could be the, the proof that we're looking for. Right. Who knows? Yeah. What, 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 was there a certain 
place in the in the series that you went to that uh, really sticks out as kind of the best evidence or something that you didn't feel like you completed that you'd love to go back to and investigate again? <laughs> I think I know what, exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, Warren. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know what? You're talking about Aradale Asylum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was given the challenge way before... Well, I kind of volunteered myself, put it that way. And I thought, yeah, Ray will do this, he can do this. And normally I could do something like that, you know, to, to have this challenge. I was up for it. I was so up for it. You know, I think I made two mistakes, and I'll be honest with that. Raylene and myself did a, a walk around for the location before we actually started filming. We went down to this particular area, and I, we looked, and I thought, oh, my God. You know, this is what I've got to do. Um, I opened one of the cello doors. Uh, oh, obviously, we're in the mortuary, by the way. Um, I opened one of the doors instantly. I remember this very well. Raining started retching in that six. So I had to close it and let to leave a particular area. And I think when I got my time to go down and film, I think we spent so much time just, you know, like TV does, setting up the shop, putting the camera there, here, there, and there, there. I think I overthought it too much. And I think when it came to the crunch, I just couldn't do it. I think my fear got to me so much. Had I got in there, got in, shut the door, you know, I would have been absolutely fine. Would I go back again? Yes. Would I go back and do it again? Yes. Yes, I would. Is there something there, Ray, about because you knew it was an asylum? Because, you, you of course, here in the UK, we have Denby Asylum, that was a uh, subject to a you know a, a five or six nighter most haunted live, um, yeah. and a lot of pe- a lot of people would want to go back into Denby Asylum, and of course they're not able to. But sometimes it's about the thought of what has ex- has happened in those buildings and, and the history surrounding them. Almost a dangerous way because people who would have yeah. stayed there were, were not felt to be um, as stable as one would like them to be. So there's a, there's a risk element. So is it about the risks and, and the unpredictability of human nature in those those buildings that, that draw us to them, do you think? I, I think you might be right. Do you know what? I, I think you might be right. This was the first time I've ever investigated um, a, a vast location like Aradell. I mean, it's huge. I mean, Adam and Raylene have probably told you it's massive. Mm. You know, it's like, what I can't get my head around is... is over 13,000 people died there, yeah. yet they've only got four mortuary chillers. Now, the maths don't add up. No. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it, 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 it just puts you in another kind of tangent, another avenue to explore, another thought train. But I, 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 I've lost my thought train now. How silly is that? <laughs> well, I think that, that you know, I, I just know that those... As, um, I, I have a, a paranormal group myself, and I yeah. you get a sense of when you're looking around what other groups are doing, where they're investigating, looking for new places to go. The the, the way they're getting people on these on these um, nights is by going more and more into buildings that host a different type of worry. You know, gone are the days where people want to just go and investigate the local pub because it's yeah. built. You know. I don't know, 1600s or it's, it's now a lot of groups you know you're seeing all the old jails coming up you're seeing the the asylums you're seeing bunkers um, related to the war that that kind of investigation site 
and uh, and obviously yeah yeah huge. I, I I actually again you know I, I agree with you completely I mean when I first started out we just used to do this as, as an interest we we just wanted to have a little group go to these little locations you know it could be a pub a little nightclub um, a little private house you know something small and over the years you know I, I've watched locations get bigger as you're saying they're getting darker teams are getting bigger the whole industry is getting more commercial people are now charging to get into locations you know oh, I, I, here isn't it huge sorry that's huge here isn't it i mean you you, you know there's some locations two thousand pound plus a night you know that's yeah, that's a yeah. lot of money for for paranormal groups to to be investigating it is especially if, if you you know a group is self-funded or you can't sell all the tickets but you've sold tickets but you don't want to let the crowds down okay. yeah I, I don't know I, I think you know there's different things that could be blamed because of that you know mm -hmm. it could be greed it could be because people are cashing in on, on maybe featuring on certain shows you know yes. people see a market for it I, I don't know I just wish sometimes that, that I know we can't turn back time, but it was how it was when I first started. Mm. Do, you, do you feel that's really kind of um, hurting the industry or the industry? Or I'm going to say in that word, but the whole paranormal field. Um, uh, oh, that's a tricky question. Um, I, I, my personal view is I think it's become very saturated. I, I think it's become every every group I see that springs up. Oh. Oh, let's hold an event. Let's make some money. You know, yes. it, uh, it just seems like oh, I'm going to go on a rant now. It just, it just seems like <laughs> people are doing it for either to make money for the commercial business side of it, or to get onto TV. You know, I, I just, I just, where are the little teams that that just want to do this for the, the enjoyment and the natural interest? You know, that, that's what I, I, I kind of want to say. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can get very easily swept up in that, can't you? Because in order to be able to go and investigate, you've got to have funds coming in to pay for the venues if you're self-funding. So therefore, you need people paying for you know ticket prices. Yeah. So yeah. I know certainly over over the course of of the years that I've run a group, we've we've had to really rethink and go back to basics and say, actually, what are we in this for? You know, and yeah. start straight away from scratch again. Actually, we don't want these big events. What we're looking for is is just to get out there and support people in their own homes, or you know, and, and really do a thorough, holistic investigation. Uh, Absolutely, and that's so important. It's like you'll probably, you know, um, hopefully agree with this. I mean, when when I first started, we, we used to post our little reports on the website, and that was it. We used yeah. to keep all our evidence private. You know, it was just what we found within the group. We might release the odd EVP, but now, you know, it's got so competitive that everyone's trying to get the most high-tech quality EVP out there or video or this, that, and the other. You know, it's, sometimes I step back and I wonder, you know, is it all worth it? I sometimes yeah. do, honestly. The biggest evidence we have is ourselves. You know, and exactly. I, I think that's the trick, isn't it? I mean, and, and that's where... Um, you know, I suppose collecting that video evidence is useful if you, if you can, but nothing is going to be foolproof because what we're dealing with is is different perceptions, different sensitivities. Um, you know, and, and you you can't take something away from just pure evidence as a human being. When you start going yeah. in terms of electronic equipment, um, K2s, all of those things that groups use, 
then you're thinking, well, there's always room for interpretation. Just comes, you know, everything you do in with any piece of equipment out there that are currently used within the paranormal world is meaningless in many ways. Sure. I mean, I see people post different things on social networking sites, you know, like Facebook or Twitter, you know, and people post these saying, we found this. You know, it's okay to have an opinion and it's okay to have a right to an opinion and display that opinion. But sometimes people are too quick also bashing each other's evidence when surely we should all be working together for that ultimate goal. You know, have an opinion, you know, quote or comment in a very respectful way, but don't, you know, poo-poo it automatically. Do, do you know what I mean? It just... Absolutely. But come, that comes maybe with the with the television and stuff, right? The ego comes up and, uh, it, you know, there seems to be a lot of drama in some of the shows as well, you know. With oh, the- absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, we were together for nearly like two and a half months. We were with each other every single day, you know. So sometimes tempers did flare a little bit. You know, we're natural. You know, mm. we did get on each other's nerves a little bit. Because we were continually, like, either filming, eating, um, apart from sleeping, of course. Um, we, you know, we were out filming, traveling on a plane, in a car, you know. So, you know, but we we are, we, and we still do remain the best of friends. And, and I'm honored to be with such a great team. Yeah, it's it's really, it's really quite a... Uh, quite lucky to find that where you all connect and it all goes really well. I think I think uh, we we've seen them in Canada all all episodes for the first series and um, it plays really well. I mean, you guys have done a great job. Well, what we wanted to bring, I think, one of the most important things was to to bring um, you know, and I had said something which we believe believe it was natural. The chemistry between all of us was real. You know, there was no fakery. There was no we're just doing this for the camera and walk away, you know, and that's it. You know, after we film, we would go back to our hotel and we would sit down and we would, like, do a massive sigh and have a drink and have a talk and have a laugh. You know, yeah. it, 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 it was great because the chemistry was real, you know. We all looked out for each other's back, you know. I think I think with Raylene, because she was the only girl, we were all very protective towards Raylene, especially in one episode, you know, where we... Um, she comes across a certain animal. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Oh, and, you know, do you, yeah. do you guys plan on doing this again? Oh, do you know, we just, at the moment, it's too early to say how this would pan out, but I think we, we would all love to reconnect again and, and be back together as a team again. You know, I, 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 we, you know, we'd love to do it again. And we've all talked about it. We'd love to be together again. And what country would you like to do next? Oh, gosh, I think, you know, I talked to Rob about certain things, you know, um, Ireland, England, um, I think Europe, maybe some like uh, Asia, um, you know, just maybe different places, India, um, America, I think, has been done to death. You know, no disrespect, no disrespect. (laughs) Um, Just unusual places, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a place? Is there a place in anywhere in the world? Is there some place that you've always wanted to that you haven't had the chance to? Yeah, um, the Whaley House, um, just uh, in California. Um, I would love to to investigate that place. Excellent. 
Okay, we're just going to stop for a break, and we'll be back right after that. Okay, we're back now with uh, Haunting Australia team member Ray Jordan. And uh, um, so so we're, when we left the break, we were talking about uh, the investigation you were doing with Haunting Australia. Now, what else have you got going up, uh, coming up, or, or what else are you doing now, uh, now that you're back home? Well, now I'm back home, um, what I'm planning to do um, this year is a series of charity events, which for me, if I can use my small media profile to help others to raise money, then I will. Um, so I, I recently watched a program over here called uh, My Last Summer. It was on Channel 4, and it was about five people who got together, um, but all five people had, had got a terminal illness. And it was a four-part documentary, and it kind of pulled a chord with me in, in some way. And, and you know, I, I, it, I, I, how can I say it? I, I got upset about it. I was inspired. And I thought, do you know what? I need to do something more than what I already do. Um, and then it got towards the end of the series. Um, and as, as the, the series progresses in, in the four episodes, you see three of them pass away and two of them are left. And one of them that left is a guy called Andy Priest. So I thought, I need to help you some way. Andy hasn't got long left now. Um, well, we don't know. We don't know. Um, and I got in touch with his brother. Um, and they've got the Andy Priest Trust which is uh, an organization which is being set up to help causes which Andy believed in. And so I've arranged a couple of, uh, a series of charity events. One's in London, walking up and over the O2, which is huge. Um, and another one's a celebrity charity event in um, December, which is uh, a ghost hunt. Okay. And so, so actually, so what would the, what, what's, what's, the details of the charity, actually, because I'm not sure uh, for the ones that haven't seen the series. Sure. If you if you just put into the search engine online the Andy Priest Trust, it will come up with his website, which I actually did myself for them. Um, they recently had a dinner about two weeks ago. They raised nearly four thousand um, pounds through an auction, and Andy was well enough to, um, to to attend that as well, which was lovely. Um, yeah, it's just a way of keeping Andy's legacy going because Andy is a believer of kind of paying it forward, you know, giving it back. Um, and, and that's what I think I'm, I'm trying to do more of. Even though I'm very giving, I, I want to get more. Yeah, yeah. Quite, quite, quite good. Lovely. Yeah. Okay. And um, so so now the um, the investigation, that, uh, who else is joining you for the uh, the charity investigation? Oh, gosh, that, that's in December. We have got uh, a couple of names lined up. I can't reveal who they are at the moment, but there are a couple of celebrity names that are coming all the way to Warrington uh, to join us. Um, so it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a great night. I'm also doing just a regular ghost hunt in September. Um, that's at the Rifles Museum in Salisbury, which is a great location. It's in my hometown. Um, so we're doing that as well, and that's for a company called Shadows of the Night who I um, do various events for. Um, so that would be an interesting one. It's a very, very old type of building, very old um, legends and ghosts and all sorts of that. So it would be interesting to, to, to have a look. What will your role be, Ray, on that investigation? 
Well, apart from apart from just um, doing an appearance there, I, I, I'm not one of these people that will do an appearance and then kind of sit in the sidelines. Uh, so what I what I do, I, I stand up and I talk, you know, and I have a bit of banter and a bit of fun because I think that's the great way of everyone warming up to each other. And I'm going to get involved, you know. I, I, I like to get stuck in groups and I like to get involved and investigate their little vigils about, you know, just say they want to do an experiment, I'll, I'll, I'll join in on that experiment and I'll give advice if I'm asked or... or you know, just get stuck in. That's 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 my job, just to get stuck in. Okay. Very good. Do you have do you have your own team then that you have uh, assembled all the time that you kind of do these things with um, back where you live, or is it something you just put together yourself? I used to. I used to have a really good team called UK Five Paranormal. We were together for quite some time. Uh, we did our first TV series together, but everyone kind of went in separate ways. Uh, two of us went on to do a radio show for two and a half years together uh, that ended um, not by my own hand um, a situation happened with one of the other team members where he couldn't unfortunately carry on um, and I kind of join other teams now and, and I get involved in both the teams and, and do my own solo t- you know solo work or I'll put a little something together myself um, yeah, so so I'm, I don't belong to any particular team right now, okay. which is a shame because I'd like to be. Well, Julie, get him to join. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I can't hear you breaking up a bit. Well, I'm, I was just um, implying that maybe I should grab you for my team. Well, unless you want a team clown, yeah, I'm your man. <laughs> 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 it's always good to have that. Come on. Uh, now, so what's your favorite thing to do outside of the paranormal? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I love to cook. I love to read. Um, I love to spend time with my, my nieces and nephews because family is really important to me. Um, I just like to enjoy, you know, whatever life brings, really. Um, and and I've only been like that in the last kind of 14 years I lost my two best friends three months apart and that's kind of taught me a huge valuable life lesson to enjoy life every single day and that's what I try to do you know whether it's staying in going out just going for a walk you know or just going somewhere um, just enjoy whatever time you know we've got left because none of us know yeah yeah that's a good thing, you know. Enjoy the little bits in life that we have, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, and now I have to ask: what, uh, Do you have a? Uh, do you like to watch horror or paranormal movies or uh, anything like that? Or what? What would you be your favorite if you did? Uh, do, you, do you know one of my favorite films, and, and it kind of <laughs> it still disturbs me. I think it's The Grudge, the American version of The Grudge, where she goes downstairs and she's all twisted and what have you, and that's the noise she does in her mouth. Yeah, that kind of it just sends chills right up. <laughs> someone you know like that, or something? no? I just <laughs> I, I probably come across someone like that. I probably see people like that when I've had a few drinks. But you know, um, I it, it's just just that you know that that sound. Sometimes I can hear it. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I want to know. Julie had a question about that. I some, about the mediums and how you feel about that, but. Sure, sure. 
Yeah, I, I suppose, I mean, for me, because you have had those experiences um, and you're very open-minded, um, how do you feel about mediums in paranormal investigations? Oh, that's a really good question, that. Um, I ask good questions, Ray. <laughs> I know, I can tell, I can tell. So, I, do you know what, I'm, I'm expecting now you're going to ask me a question that's going to completely floor me. Yeah. It really will. Um, don't worry <laughs> oh that's okay um do you know what i, I think it, it, it depends I, i've done investigations where we haven't had a medium present and do you know what we've had things that we believe happen you know we we i remember we didn't have a medium on one occasion and we were just sitting around having a break and all these strange kind of little things started to happen and we were just talking having a cup of tea or coffee so uh, you know we, we I mean, investigators, are, are, I find are, I'm going to get shot for this probably, I, th I think they find, follow a stereotype. You, yeah. I don't believe you have to have a medium or psychic on investigation. You can do your research. You can, you know, do this, do that. But if you want a medium, then use a medium if you believe they're good enough or you believe what they're doing. I think, you know, as a medium, and, and, and Al is, is also a medium, but I yeah. would totally agree with you, um, which sounds maybe a bit bizarre because, you know, I suppose I'm doing myself out of a place on a paranormal invest. However, I think my team, certainly when they've been going out and about, they always try and book um, days and things when I'm available. And, and it takes a lot for me to keep saying, well, you don't actually need me there because just that power of suggestion, having a medium there can sometimes you know, cause people to believe in certain things that really aren't happening just because you have a medium in the room. They don't even have to have opened their mouth. Yeah. It's because it's somebody there straight away, the, the investigation is weighted slightly towards um, a spiritual side as opposed to um, a scientific side. So for me, I, I, back to that raw data is, and evidence is fantastic. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, with the, with the TV series, I think I can talk about this because it wasn't actually shown in, in the series. But when we went to one of the locations, which was the prison, which you remember, Geelong Jail, yeah. um, this wasn't actually shown. Gaurav and myself, we did an experiment. So down one of the hallways where, do you remember, oh, I, I don't know if I can I might give too much away. There was a situation where something happened outside of one of the cells. Okay. Yeah. What was was um, how can I be tactful about this? There was something happened to one of the prisoners. Put it that way. Did they topple? Were they killed? Okay, that's all I can say. Um, we did an experiment um, on the ground floor. Garal, I, I was hypnotized by Garal. Okay, um, to see whether I could be made more psychic. Um, oh. Well. Which was interesting. It didn't go according to plan, and it, it kind of didn't go where we wanted it to go. Um, in fact, it, it turned completely the opposite way with me. I got very upset. Um, Gaurav said I was hypnotised. I was like, my eyes were closed, and I was crying. Yeah. Um, I, I um, and then it kind of went a bit pear shaped. So I kind of got a little bit angry. Um, walked off set. Um, and just cried my eyes out. I don't know what happened. I think it unlocked maybe something inside of me which, you know, like an emotion which should have stayed closed. I don't know. Right. Right. But it was an interesting thing, though, to, to try and 
have that kind of experiment to be a human guinea pig to, to see whether you could be made to be psychic or connect with that person in the cell. Who knows? Yeah. I, I think those sort of things, too, they, it, it may not have turned out the way you want it to, but I think they're really good. Yeah. Really good. It, it makes it fresh. It's interesting. It's something different, not just the standard, like you were saying. Pretty much. So, I mean, I was, I, you know, I, I have to say that I was asked to do many things, which pretty much most of them I did, apart from that one challenge, which I, on reflection, yeah, I should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only live once. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so behind the scenes, there's some behind the scenes things that uh, we don't get to see. That other than that, that you'd like to talk about, or? Oh yeah, of course, of course. I mean, behind the scenes, we, we, you know, it was camaraderie all the way. I mean, apart from the times when, you know, we were sleeping or, or we just sat in silence, we were just laughing continuously, having banter. There were kind of comedy characters between Ian Lawman and Rob Demarest come up and. Um, I, I wore in a couple of episodes this kind of black jacket, um, which was like a bouncer jacket, and my kind of character became Ray Dorman. Um, you know, there, there are behind-the-scenes videos on YouTube. Um, if you put in "haunting Oz," Alan um, put loads of footage on, them, and it's quite funny. Quite funny. Excellent. Yeah. So, so who are your influences? Who are my influences? Yeah. Um, I kind of, I, I really, really like some of, of, like, you know, like the Warrens um, and um, I, Harry Price. And, you know, like, I, I used to believe everything was paranormal. I used to believe everything was ghostly. But where I've, you know, done reading and, and where I've learned along the way, I, I know now it's not. So... I would like to think I'm very open-minded, but very kind of old school, like Harry Price, I guess. Yeah, excellent. Hey, may I ask a question? Oh yeah, cool. Oh god, this is the question. <laughs> Everybody, sit down. No, I was just thinking, um, if you could work with any medium that you would you were able to, who would it be and why? But it cannot be Ian Lawman because I know your mate. So, who else would it be and why? Gosh, do you know what? That's uh, that's a great question. Um, oh, um, there, there are, there's only a certain few people that I've worked with that that um, I, I would trust and work with again because you know we've become friends and I trust them and what have you. But there's there's um, there's one guy that I've met and we've spent time with in L.A. Um, called Bobby Marqueso. He appeared on a program called Conversations with a Serial Killer. It was a one-off series on Living TV. Um, and I'd, like to, I'd like to work with him, actually, on, on some, some, some things. And also Chris Fleming as well. I really, really like Chris Fleming. We've spoke a few times. I mean, you know, just socially. We've never met in person. Uh, but I'd like to what he did with Gail Porter on, on Dead Famous. I love that. Absolutely love that. I'd love to work on cases like that, you know, investigations like that. Hmm. And there's, I'm going off onto one now. And there's also a new program I've been following called Cold Justice about these two women who, who reinvestigate murder cases. 
after so many years. And, mm. you know, I'd, I'd love to work on something like that. I know using a medium within the law, you know, with, with on certain cases can be a bit iffy, but I, I, I'd love to work on something like that with those kind of people. It's quite a controversial aspect of mediumship, isn't it? Mediumship and, and yeah. crime solving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, I mean, because... Sorry? What's your view on it? Uh, do you know what? It, it could go either way. It could be either a huge success where they can actually put closure on a situation or find a body or, or do something like that. But in the other respect, it could be it could be a complete epic fail. It could be the end of that medium's career. They're going to look stupid. They've got it wrong. Completely different to where they... they you know, it's believed that that person is. So it's 50-50, really. I don't know. I don't know. But I would be interested, personally, to work with a medium or psychic on a case to see where it goes, just as maybe as a one-off to see, you know, how that would pan out. Just just for a personal selfish reason, you know, uh, I, I would love to see how, how it works or, or how the dynamics work of a case using a medium. And you can test that safely, can't you, if it's a historic case? Um, when there's yes. a lot of cases, that's very different because it can cause delay, etc., uh, where things aren't so clear. So I would agree, yeah. it's a historic case, that would be fascinating to do. You know, I, I would love to do it. To, to There's one particular... Um, um, I won't go into too much detail, but there's one particular case that happened in the 70s, which I would really like to investigate, what happened to a particular young girl who went missing and she's never ever been found ever um whether she's she's still alive whether she's you know yeah put somewhere i don't know but being being a very old case i would love to to work on that one day so so uh, i was going to say now in the in your history you did radio uh what what made you stop doing radio Oh, I've done radio for quite a long time. Um, I did a, a, a radio show called Haunted 911. Um, it was every Wednesday, and it was a combination of comedy, celebrity guests, non-celebrity guests, talking about paranormal investigations. Um, we had we played music from unsigned music bands. Um, we, we had comedy sketches. We, we used to have, just say you guys were my guests, we used to play a game show called 20 Questions Get to Know Our Guests where we would throw 20 random questions at you. They could be funny. There was innuendo. It was just great, honestly. Honestly, it was just the best. But unfortunately, my co-host Wayne was in a situ personal situation where he couldn't continue the show. Um, I, it was. I could have continued... But to be honest, it wouldn't have been the same. I could have replaced Wayne. It wouldn't have been the same because we had this most amazing chemistry, you know, comedy chemistry that with anyone else, I don't think it would have worked. So I think the right thing to do was, was end the show, you know, on a high. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. You sound uh, like perfectly charming. It would, sounds like a really good show. It'd be fun. It was. It's, they're all on iTunes, actually, um, or, or Blog Talk. Um, and there's some other networks that we were on. Um, yeah, it was fun. And I, I, I thought we thought we come up with the idea of using, you know, fun with paranormal chat, uh, putting our guests in a situation where they might not, you know, yeah. um, so getting the, the listeners to see you guys in a, in a situation where they probably would never see it, you know, or hear things. You know, I would ask questions that people 
were probably too frightened to ask, but you know, me being quite ballsy, I, I, I would ask them, you know. Oh, that's exactly. I, that's the way it should be. It's nice to get that. It's uh, different than the just the oh, typical questions, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we did a show at um, Oxford. Um, it was a live radio show, Oxford uh, Ghost Week, to, to celebrate the launch of that. And I interviewed a few people. And I remember interviewing Kieran O'Keefe. And I really like Kieran. Yeah. Um, and I asked him such a question, um, and a particular question, and... Um, I think he found it put on the spot and he was just giving me these kind of like real funny looks as if to say, what the hell are you doing this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've, I've interviewed him, you know, on, on the other radio show and, and Steve Parsons as well. And those two together, it's just like a lot of party. Yeah. Yeah. Great cup of chats. We're very funny guys. Yeah. Well, yes, definitely. Both Julie and I know 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 Karen too as well. We, uh, yeah. 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 And actually I just interviewed him. It was just last, last week. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Him and Anna, actually. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's got the most amazing sense of humor. He really has. You know, I, I think people see him as this doctor who, you know, who, who probably isn't a fun guy, but he's actually a really fun guy, really interesting to talk to, very funny, and I really respect him, and I like him a lot. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, I think <laughs> I think sometimes he... he, he says is he kind of goes about and he does a joke and I, I think sometimes people don't catch it yeah, I guess, yeah you know, they're, definitely they're all listening intent and real serious and, and he just kind of says it and then sometimes it goes by and people don't catch it that's quite quite in, quite you know what i like about him is again it's what you see is what you get with kieran there's there's no kind of ego there's no um um difference in personality he, he's the same person over and over again yeah yeah. I did Hampton Court Palace with Kieran when he and he was telling me about how he um, did a lot of his studies there um, and yeah. his knowledge, knowledge of of the history etc um, and investigating it was was fantastic and really interesting to listen to um, somebody so passionate about that field it's, it was really refreshing yeah. Yeah. definitely I, th- I think there are various people in life that you meet that who, who talk to you about certain situations and, and, you know, you hang on to every single word, you know, every, every tale or every story or bit of experience they're talking about, you know, you hang on to the words and you just don't want them to stop because they're so interesting. Yeah. Did you find it a pressure interviewing someone like that? Because I personally, myself, I mean, I, I know him and uh, talk to him lots, but when it come to interviewing, I felt very, uh, I felt a certain amount of pressure there. Oh, God, no. No, I don't do pressure. No. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> how I am with you is how I would be on the radio. You know, I... I no, I remember there was one... I, I kind of... After knowing a few people, I can gauge where where the levels are, the respect levels. You know, I don't want to overstep the mark or anything like that. Yeah. And I remember interviewing one... Um, female psychic at Christmas. Now, my humour can be a bit risque and a bit naughty sometimes. Um, and I said to this lady, um, I, I asked her, I don't know if I should say it. Oh, go for um, it. We're, we're a risque sort of show. So <laughs> I said, so, so, uh, so Marion, so it's Christmas. And she said, yes. I said, what do you do at Christmas? And she said, oh, I get the family around. And I said to her, so Marion, who's stuffing your turkey this Christmas? <laughs> uh, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I would 
I would never say that to somebody who I didn't think could take take the the, the innuendo or take the joke or or what have you. Because I, I, you know, I, I'm a huge believer in respect. Yeah. You know, respect my orders, what have you. Yeah. Well, and and who stuffed her turkey? No. I, <laughs> I, I, I think it was her. I think she stuffed it herself. <laughs> well, that's okay too, eh? It's, we're, not, we're not judging here. That's all good. It's all good. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Now, d- did you um, have anything that you wanted? So, so like your um, um, personal websites or any sort of contact information that you wanted to get out there. Yeah, I mean, you can find me um, on on Facebook, Ray Jordan, or my like page, which is the Real Ray Jordan. Um, I'm a huge advocate on Twitter. I, I'm a huge Twitterer, um, so you can get me on Twitter at Ray Jordan or my website, which is RayJordan.com. Excellent. Okay. Well, and and Julie, any last questions? No. Do you have any questions you'd like to ask us? I guess is my final question. Oh. Oh, I tell you what, I tell you what, I tell you what, I think I've gauged Warren completely. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, yeah, I'm feeling that, that I've gauged Warren completely, but you, miss, you're a different cat of fish, you are. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's our secret weapon. <laughs> and do you know what I think she could be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I thought she's a perfect... Co- uh, Comp- uh, there with me it's just perfect well yeah of course you complement each other very well and I, th- I think she's one to be watched that's my gut feeling one to be watched <laughs> <laughs> it's gut feeling you form <laughs> <laughs> well it's certainly been a pleasure I, I can't tell you I haven't enjoyed uh, an interview like this and I haven't this is great thank you very much and um, we look forward to uh seeing you in the future and and so you're the hot in australia airs in england starting when uh it's scheduled for september and next month it premieres in sweden so we, we, we've gone truly international at the moment yeah that's that's great um like i said we've saw it it's 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 fantastic um that's what made me uh hunt you down it's just uh i just loved it so thank you very much and appreciate that You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.